Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inbox me on 
on my my personal site or even on my Facebook page, Dancia Morris or Dancia Jones Morris, and let me know what you want to hear. This is about taking authority in the kingdom of God. We all have a rightful place, and it is so critical for us to get in place and as Bishop said this morning, to stay in our lane to make sure that we are operating with the gifts that God has given us as it gives glory to God. It is about the kingdom. It is not about our personal gain. We may reap some benefits because the Bible says in Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else shall be added. So if we're seeking the everything else that should be added, and not the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you best believe that everything that is added that you're praying for will more than likely not come, and especially come the way you think it should or you want it. And so I urge you to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that has to be coupled together. Everything else shall be added. Want our rightful place in the kingdom of God as we take authority in our territory. Let's pray as we get into the word tonight. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. You are the good, good Father. You're the Holy One of Israel. And, Father, you are the author and finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. Father, you are the God Most High, El Elyon, and we thank you. Thank you for being the God that's more than enough, El Shaddai. I acknowledge you as our Yahweh. Thank you, God, Jehovah, Jehovah. You are just absolutely everything we need. And, Father, we honor you for who you are and what you have made us. And we are more than conquerors. Thank you, O God, that we can define ourselves according to your word. Thank you, O God, that we can operate according to your word. Thank you, O God, that we can be successful according to your word and that we can operate in our territory with authority. It is a privilege, God. Hallelujah. It's a privilege, Lord, the opportunities that you give us, Father, to exercise your word, to to facilitate, Father, techniques and avenues for others to come to you. It's about you. It's about your revelation and not just your manifestation, Father. And so we seek you first and your righteousness, knowing that everything else shall be added. We give to you first, God, before we give to anyone else. And, Father, we know that if Jesus recognized that everyone was his mother, everyone was his brother, everyone was his sister's Lord, we know that we are all united in this kingdom. And so help us to recognize others as our family and not just distant people and so that we can bless others. It is in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And so I want to start off with this quote as we celebrate women this month. The strong women or woman looks a challenge dead in the eye and gives it a wink. The strong woman looks a challenge dead in the eye and gives it a wink. That's by Gina Carey. And I'll tell you, when I saw that quote, that reminded me of something I went through recently. Um, I recently, um, in a situation, and I just can't name it all right now, but in that situation, um, after going through the most recent um, recent phase of my life, I came across this challenge. And as soon as I saw the challenge, I recognized it for what it was worth. And I said, okay. And so I literally gave a little smile. And I felt one of my eyes kind of close a little bit. So I don't really wink. So I, I felt it close just a little bit, and I kind of stared it. And, and I said, I know what this is. And so 
You do what you got to do is exactly what I said. And I began to pray. And I began to go in and talk about talk to God about the situation. And then I told my situation about my God. It took me a moment. So normally it should go the flip way. You should tell your situation about your God instead of going to God's situation. But I needed a little help right then. But can I be transparent? I needed a little help. And so I had to go to God first, and then he helped me with my mindset. And I told the situation, I understand what you're coming through, but this is what's going to happen. And I said it with such, with such love that that situation began to change. It took it a couple of weeks or so, but that situation began to change. And I want you to understand, you can take a challenge, and you can definitely wink at it if you know who you are. And so, Mad Women, on tonight, you have to know who you are and why God made you the way he made you. Now there was a there is a group called um MAD, M A D D, Mother Against Drunk Drivers. And so these women it started from a woman who was upset because her child her child was killed by a drunk driver. I think that's how the story goes. It's been a while since I've um, been involved with that um organization or had anything to do with it, but it was um a mother a mother who was upset about something, who was upset about drunk driving and other people who had passed away as a result of a drunk driver. And she began this this journey, this journey that turned into a movement. And after this movement happened, it spread, after this movement began, more and more people started coming together and they said, we're just mad. And because of a certain emotion, it caused a certain movement. Don't miss that. Because of a certain emotion, emotion, something that happens deep down in our soul, it caused us to activate something. It caused a movement into something. And so as a result of that being mad, then came MAD, M-A-D-D, and Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And this movement came, and they began to put um, different laws into place, and they began to bring more awareness, you know, and, and so many organizations took off as a result of a woman having a certain emotion. And so I want to talk about that. A woman had a certain emotion and took prayer out of the school. I want you to understand the the um how critical, and not only how critical, but how effective it can be if you use this emotion the right way. So let's talk about MAD just for a moment. So MAD, according to the dictionary, and I chose certain certain um, definitions, so don't get mad at me. It's, it's, it's what I'm doing, so I'm going to use the definitions that I want to use here. So one of the definitions is, um, and I'm an online person, so that's dictionary.com, is enraged, greatly provoked, or irritated, angry. So, again, mad, enraged, greatly provoked or irritated, angry. It also means abnormally furious, not just furious, but abnormally furious, meaning that this isn't the same state like everybody else. This is this is not normal. She ain't really normal. She got something else going on. She's beyond mad. She is furious. She's ferocious. Have you seen? I watched. Um, um, I was in Kruger Park in South Africa, and I watched this um, this lioness. I think it was, yeah, lioness eating away at at this huge animal. Um, I, I can't remember what it was, but it came out the water and was on the other side of this of this um, lake or whatever it's called, a body of water, whatever it's called. So body of water, and it was a a good ways from us, but when you when you um, when I use the binoculars, I can see 
it was tearing up this this huge this huge um, animal. I don't know what it was, and um, was doing it ferociously because I guess it wasn't all the way <laughs> hadn't all the way died yet. And so she was going at it. I'm sure to take it back to where her home is, whatever you call that, then whatever. But they live out in, you know, in Kruger Park. So she was tearing away at this skin in such a way because she needed to do have something done. She was either trying to protect cubs or she was bringing it back because her home needed it. She was doing it ferociously. And I mean so that she was, she had, um, there was, and this is kind of, you know, graphic, but um, there was, blood just, you know, everywhere and skin and so forth. And so she was doing it in such a way where it you could tell she meant business. She wasn't she wasn't playing around. She wasn't thinking about nothing else. She meant to attack what she meant to attack. Ferocious is what I'm talking about. The other definition is desire. Overcome by desire. Overtaken. Not just irregular I have a desire to be something. No, this is this is extreme passion. It has it has masked itself, um, masked this person's whole mindset. Overcome by desire, overcome by eagerness, overcome with enthusiasm, and then the fourth definition that I saw: wildly lively and merry. <laughs> wildly lively and merry, enjoyably hilarious. So I, I looked at those um, those different definitions, and then I looked up mad again. And there was this noun. It's, it's called mutual assured destruction. It's a U.S. doctrine um, um, of reciprocal deterrence resting on the U.S. and the Soviet Union, each being able to inflict unacceptable damage on the other in retaliation for a nuclear attack. Mad. What What would cause someone to take um, take a certain level of action, inflict such pain, inflict such danger, um, uh, you know, I'm not inflict such, such danger, to, um, to ignite such danger that it's unacceptable damage <laughs> on the other party as a retaliation. Hear me in the spirit now. As a retaliation for a nuclear attack. And so they called this, the U.S. doctrine called it MAD. Mutual assured destruction. Talking about mad women on tonight. All right. So um, I want you to understand there are so many different things that I could have gone with. I decided to go through some women in the Bible who I felt were mad, and I'm going to come to the the person I thought most was mad, two people that I thought most was mad in the Bible, the women of God, women of God. So I, I, I looked at this and I said, well, these are mothers against the devil, you know, Matt, mothers against the devil. And I, t- I still have children of my own that I birthed, but I do have um, stepchildren, and, and one in particular who I've helped to raise in, in my household. And so I thought about some things that happened to him and what I did when something happened to him at school or, you know, anywhere else and how I bonded. I can't say I reacted. Um, in these cases, because I thought about how he was looking at me, but how I responded in those situations and what I did when he wasn't there as well. And I was extremely mad if someone said something to him or about him and it reminded me of my mother. She is so protective of us that anytime someone said something 
Um, she's she's a lot different now. But anytime someone said something or tried to do something, she would definitely go to God. But let me tell you, you don't play with my mama when it comes to her four children. You just don't do it. And so I thought about this, and that is madness. Mothers against the devil. I want want you to understand when we are mad women. What we tend to do is to go after the thing that disrupts what, whoever and whatever we love. We go after it in retaliation, ferociously, in a way that nobody can pull us off of it. It is definitely a nuclear attack. <laughs> That's funny to me. It's definitely a nuclear attack. And so when we, when we find that the enemy is coming up against who we love, who we love, who is close to us, who is in our vicinity, who we care about, we go after a thing ferociously. Good women do. Mad women do. And so I was reading um, some things, and I want to share with you about some women. Some women, some women don't realize how important women were in the Bible times, not just now, but the role so many women played. So I'm going to start with some of the the most um, immediately known people, you know, or commonly known people. I say immediately because what happens, you ask about a woman in the Bible, and you can immediately marry, you know, say, oh, oh Mary, oh, Ruth, because of Boaz, oh, Esther, you know, oh, Eve, oh, Eve, she calls all this stuff. And so we can talk about those people. We can talk about Elizabeth, but we forget about some of the people. So I want to start off with those women first. So you may be asking yourself, um, why did you choose this topic? Because I want us to be able to take how mad we get about situations for, for the sin or for the hurt or for the damage in a relationship, in our homes, on our jobs, within ourselves. And sometimes we're responsible for some of that. So, hey, take it out on the sin, okay? You take it out and go to God and do what you need to do. So here's the key. Here's the first person, Mary. We know Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, the, the, the Nazarene woman from, from, from um, Galilee. And this woman, who I just learned today, was Jew. And so... Um, what my what my teaching told me because I never thought of it this way, but thank God for my um, my uh, my family who can teach me things. That what what it came to be is that Mary was related to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was of um, of of the Le- the Levitical tribe, and so it's associated that it. Some say it's through her mother. Some say it's through her father. We don't know. I don't know how. Mary was um, related to Elizabeth and how it worked out, but some say and most say that they're both Jews and because of Elizabeth. And so here is Mary, the mother of Jesus, a Jew. Here is Mary. There's some things about a mad woman. When a woman is mad, now Mary could have been real mad because she was a teenager, I believe, or she was young, um, and she um, dedicated her life to God. And then all of a sudden she's pregnant, in a relationship, but she's pregnant, and she had never known a man. If you know the Bible, you know what I mean by known a man. And so she had never known a man, and here is Joseph. How does he respond to a situation like this? Well, Mary, because she had a relationship with God, she had a relationship with God, and when you have a relationship with God, you are 
should be against the enemy. She trusted God and was obedient to him. Mad women trust God and are obedient to him. They are obedient to his will. When you are ferocious about going against something that, meaning the enemy, going against the enemy from attacking your lives, attacking your family's lives, you will be obedient to God and you will trust God. Mary was an example of this. Let's move to the next one because I have a few women i got to go through in a short time. Ruth. Ruth, Ruth, it takes faith. It takes faith to be a mad woman. So Ruth was a woman of faith. You have to have faith in order to travel with your mother-in-law, not your relative by blood. Because Ruth was in a situation where her mother-in-law, Naomi, had a husband and two sons. Ruth was the um, the wife of one of the sons. The, her father-in-law and her husband and brother-in-law died. Left Naomi and Ruth. Ruth was not in her hometown or, or, or wherever she was from. She wasn't in her with her people. She she followed Naomi even though Naomi didn't want her to told her, go back home. I don't have any seat for you. I don't have any close relative. I don't have another child to give you as your husband. And so Ruth stayed with Naomi. She says, guess what? Whoever your God is, that's going to be my God. And your people going to be my people. And so that took a lot of faith for Ruth to follow Naomi. Once again, it's obedience. And you can turn there, Ruth 1 and Ruth 4, the first chapter and the fourth chapter. She she followed in obedience. She had a lot of faith, and it was obedience that caused her to go and stay with her mother-in-law, not her mama, her mother-in-law. What would it look like today? It doesn't say anything about Ruth's family, but I'm I'm pretty sure or I'm thinking they were still living, but she was gone off because those are the times women left their families and so forth. Here, listen to this. What would it look like today if if one of us married women, husband dies, father-in-law dies, brother-in-law dies, and our mama's still living, and we go follow the mother-in-law to wherever she's going. I'm telling you today, there would be some fights going on. There would be some some type of things going on up in the family, and a lot of words would be said that are not godly. It ain't no Jesus up in that. But this woman did what many would not. See, the other sister-in-law went back home, but, they, but Ruth, Stayed with her mom, her mother-in-law. I'm gonna say her mama in love. Most people say now, and as a result of her faith in God, as a result of her faith in God, she then met Boaz, and guess what? She became one of the ancestors of King David and also Jesus. Now, what happens when you operate in obedience like Mary, like Ruth? And I'll get to the rest. You end up in a lineage. In a in in an ancestry in a um in a um a tribe that's related to Jesus, you end up in the blessing line, the blessed line of Jesus, because of your obedience and 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 your faith and trusting God. We need some mad women today. Listen, Esther. Now Esther, <laughs> she was a serving woman. 
she served others in such a way that she was noted as being a brave woman and courage, and as a result, she was a queen as well. And so as a queen, it takes courage and bravery, but she did it. She risked her own life for others. Mad women are also those not only just brave and courage, but they're servants of the Most High God. When you are mad, you serve God in a such a way that it is ferocious, that it is with um, eagerness, enthusiasm. You hilariously enjoy serving him. And when you hilariously enjoy serving him, you'll do the things that that not only um, um, not only people will talk about you and say, um, um, she's a bit crazy, and that's why someone, you know, someone told me the other day how I praise God, girl, you're so crazy. Okay, I get it. I, um, maybe I am. I, as a matter of fact, I own that. You know why I'm going to own that? Because I am mad at the devil and what he does to God's people and what he does and even in my family. And so I praise him because I am just so convinced that when I lift a certain level of praise, it creates an atmosphere that causes God to shift into areas that I have prayed for. And as a result, he then is glorified and magnified in the situations that I ask God for. And so call me crazy, an undignified praise. I talked about that this morning, singing somewhere. I talked about how I am I have an undignified praise. I'm going to be sophisticated at times, you know, whatever, whatnot. But I have an undignified praise because I know who God is. And if it means being crazy, if it means serving others, if it means risking my own life so that people think a certain way, then I just have to be called crazy and mad. Eve, Eve was a mad woman. Listen, I know we talk about Eve, but listen, how would you like to be the first of all this stuff? Eve was the first woman. She didn't have an example. She didn't know how to do things except for God. Her, but she didn't have a, she was the first, the first looking with her cur- curves and so forth and somebody looking at her and say, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She was the first woman. And get this, she also was the first to be tempted. How would you like to be the first one? I know we talk about her and because of enmity between her and and Satan, but guess what? He's given us power to bruise his heels and knock him out and his demons. And so she later persevered in her faith. She had this knowledge of good and evil, but she messed up. But guess what? She persevered later on. And you don't hear no crazy stuff from Eve later on because she knew after her eyes were open and she had the the, the knowledge of good and evil, she knew what she had done and as a result persevered in faith later on in life. We have Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, Luke 1, 7, Luke the first chapter, the 7th verse, the 13th and 24th verse. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. Now, I want you to understand um, Elizabeth was a woman of faith. I understand Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a woman of faith. She was barren. She could not have children. She didn't have children with her husband. That's a big deal. Uh, any woman that's a woman wants to bear children. <laughs> you know, uh, you want, especially during those times, but you may, you may say something about it and you may feel a certain way, but if God put it in you, I'm telling you, you'll want to give your husband a child. 
you'll want to carry on the um, the legacy of that union. And so Elizabeth wanted a child. Her husband wanted a child. Here's Zechariah. Um, I think I think I said that right. Zechariah and her husband, and she was faithful in waiting. And because of her faithfulness in waiting for God, as a result, it caused her to have a miracle. She was of old age, just like Sarai. She was of old age when she had John the Baptist. Now, I don't know about you, but that the the once I get past a certain age, I really ain't thinking about having no child because, uh, especially right now, I ain't thinking about that as much because, I'm getting old. Now, she was older than me and had a child, but, but she remained faithful and waiting on God. She knew mad women, when they have a focus, when they have a target, when they have something in mind, they will remain faithful and wait on God until the miracle comes. I hope we have some mad women out there. Let me go to Rachel because I, I need to get done in a few minutes. Rachel, listen. Rachel was the second wife to Jacob. Rachel had to compete with her own sister. I I know she had to be mad. When you got to compete, the man wanted her first, and she was tricked out of getting that man from her own daddy. And then her, her sister, Leah, was able to marry him first when Jacob wanted Rachel. Now, I don't know about you, but that would have got me so mad that I probably would have been mad at my daddy, my brothers, and probably even Jacob as well, definitely at my sister Leah. You know doggone well that that man wanted me, and here you come marrying the man that I like, the man that I love, and who loves me, who said he wanted me, and worked seven years for me. Now i got to wait another 14 years. Daddy, you ain't right. You ain't right at all. So here is Rachel. She waited on the man that I believe she felt God wanted her to have or she just wanted him, and she remained patient. She waited on God even to give her a child because when she had to compete because Leah was popping out babies and, (laughs) did I just say that? Leah was popping out babies and Rachel couldn't pop out one, and she had waited for the man. And he had waited for her and worked for her. And she had to compete. And you know how women do. We look at each other and say, oh, she can't, she can't do what I can do. She don't have what I have. You know, I can just imagine Leah and poor little old Rachel having a feel. Now, they sisters, blood sisters. And here is Rachel having to wait on God to give her a child. Not only was she tricked out of her man, but now she got to wait to compete to um, fulfill what she felt she needed to do for her man. Rachel had patience. Mad women, you better get some patience, honey. You better wait on God. Y'all better wait on God. Listen, Hagar, she was an abused woman. Hagar, Hagar, poor Hagar. I didn't like Hagar too much, but now I understand Hagar. Hagar was an abused woman. She was the woman, she was the mistress of um. Um, um, of Sarah. She she was the maidservant of Sarah and the mistress of Abraham. She was given to Abraham because Sarah couldn't have any children, and so she said, I want the maidservant so I can have a child for my 
for Tommy said master, for my husband, for my master, and then carry on, you know, his name and so forth for the promise. See, she's trying to fix it up for God. And as a result, she got she got tricked. Listen, let me see. Sarah got tricked. But then Hagar was Hagar's son, Ishmael, then started laughing once Isaac was born. Sarah's son was born. Isaac, you know the story. And so what ended up happening, Hagar was now, she didn't ask for all this. She's just a maidservant. But then Sarah going to get all jealous and mad and upset. Mad women, see what we do? We'll kick, the, we'll kick the girl out. We'll get rid of that girl. Mad women take care of a household. I'm trying to tell you, men, if you, if you, you, you can get mad at your woman if you want to when she get mad. But a mad woman who's in Christ will handle business in the household. If she's in Christ, living for him in his will, she will handle the business. Men, I don't know if you listen, get you a mad woman for Jesus, I'm, I'm a person who is against the devil. As soon as she sees the devil coming, uh-uh, Ishmael, you're not marking my blessing, get him out. But then here's Hagar. I believe she got mad too because she had to go out into the wilderness. She's out into the wilderness. She took courage and knowing that God heard her once she cried out. Don't believe me? Read Genesis 21. Genesis 21, round about the 14th, I don't know, verse, I'm not sure, somewhere down there in the teens. Genesis 21 in the teens, just read that. She took courage and knowing that God heard her and she had to go back. Y'all not hearing me? Mad women, it doesn't matter if you're in an abusive situation when it comes to this. I ain't talking about just go back into abusive situations, but we'll talk about abuse in a few minutes from Abigail. When you're in an abusive situation, let me tell you something. If God is for you and with you, he will take care of you. You have to hear God, though, and when he instructs you to do a thing, if it's to stay or if it's to leave, when you're mad, you will pray against you will go in and rebuke every demon, every imp, every um, every wicked witch. I'm telling you, you will rebuke every demonic act and cause things to shift when you get mad. Uh-huh. So Hagar, her God, Mary Magdalene. Now, this woman is so bad to me. Mary Magdalene was a devoted follower. She was faithful to God. She didn't care. She didn't care about what everybody else was doing. Y'all do what you need to do. Go work. Go ahead and work around the house, Martha. I, I know you, my sister, and stuff needs to be done. But right now, I have to sit at the feet of Jesus. I know what's going to happen to him. He's already said it. You know how I know who he and, and I've got to get to him because I know who he really is. You know how I know? Because he cast out de- devils out of me. He cast out demons out of me. He casted out evil spirits from me. And so as a result of my healing, you can read Mark 15. You can read Matthew 28. You can read Mark 16 about Mary Magdalene. Mark 16, I think it's one, the first verse and, and some other verses in there. And then Luke talks about Mary Magdalene. Everywhere Jesus went, she found herself being there. Why? She had to be at his feet. She had she had to give honor and stay dedicated to the person. Let me tell you something. When you get healed by Jesus you, and you know nobody else could have done it, let me tell you something. You're going to be a follower. She was so mad. They called her crazy because she had an evil spirit. But I bet you they called her crazy even more so because she followed him to the cross. She falls into the tomb, and guess what? She was the first woman to deliver the gospel because she was mad enough 
to go ahead and follow Jesus. She said, I'm not, I'm going to say dedicated him. Mad women are dedicated followers and faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. She stayed there and carried the good news first. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. She stayed there until her sister talked about her. Martha, you can't miss Martha, though. Martha, she, she, she was a servant. Even though she didn't sit at Jesus' feet, she was about serving. But you can't be so dedicated to, to all this, all the work that you miss God. You cannot be so dedicated to work that you miss God. So many people get into their roles, into their positions, and they're, they're scurrying around the church doing this stuff, that they miss the manifestation and revelation of God. Martha missed who Jesus was because she was worried about the stuff. Don't be so concerned with the stuff that you miss the Savior. Oh, I said something right there. Don't be so concerned with stuff that you miss the Savior because the Savior is the one that will keep you from the stuff and provide even more stuff. <laughs> I hear you, God. He's talking to me. I don't know about you, but he's talking to me. Hear me. Martha, Mary Magdalene, sisters, they knew Jesus well. They were close to Jesus. Here And then here's um, my girl, Abigail. I like Abigail. I like Abigail because Abigail um, uh, I believe it's um, Samuel and Samuel. Abigail was the wife of Nabal. Now, I, I haven't read this story in such a long time, but Nabal, I believe, was rich, if, if I recall that correctly. He was rich, but he was evil. You ever had somebody in your life that you're married to that's just doggone evil? I mean, they... <laughs> They could have it together from the outside, but on the inside, they just mess up. And so this type of person normally is abusive because they're so bad on the inside, they don't even realize or maybe they don't even care that they're being bad to the next person. And so he was so bad that he couldn't even bless David when David's men came to him. Lord David, they couldn't, he couldn't even bless him, the man of God. He didn't even care about him the man of God. Abigail got her, got word of this, and guess what she did? It, oh, you just want some stuff? We, we got enough because my husband got a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and give you some loaves of bread, and I'm going to give you some of the things that you need. And she ran and took it to David behind her husband Nabal's back. And so when she got back because Nabal was in such a stupor, he had a feast, and he was in such a stupor, just drunk. She didn't tell him what she did, but the next morning she did. And, oh, my gosh, I tell you, Nabal must have got mad because and after he got mad, guess what? He Ten days later, he died because the word of God was sent earlier that something would happen to him. So and read the story. Read the story. I think it's um, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. I'm, 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 I got to look at that again. And so the um, Abigail's husband, Nabal, died. What ended up happening, because she trusted God and trusted the man of God, she then went to David, and guess what? David wiped her. Because you know David, he just, he all about the women. He wiped her. She became David's wife. Somebody say, sometimes second is best. <laughs> you got to do it again? Do the second time. Sometimes second is best, okay? I don't care what you say. Number one is good, but number two is great. And so she became David's wife. 
Abigail was a bad sister. I love me some Mary Magdalene because she understood staying at Jesus' feet. But this woman right here registers to me the most. It is my life story. It is my life story, however, not the, the, the same outcome. I want you to understand. So Hannah, Hannah was married to Elkanah, and um, she <laughs> she had uh, a, one other woman in the house. Let me say it that way. So it's already a problem when uh, there's two wives, right? Already a problem. I don't even like it. I can't stand it. But that's what they did. So she was married, and I hope I said the right, word right, Elkanah. And there was another woman, um, if I if I can remember her name, Panina, I believe, believe her was. Panina, Panina taunted Hannah. And why do you think she taunted Hannah? Because Hannah couldn't bear children. That's what they did. Oh, I got kids, friend, but you have some kids? You know how we do, women. We tend to do stuff to one another when we should embrace one another to help us get over our issues. Everybody has an issue. But instead of judging, instead of um, putting down, instead of um, um, belittling, we should be supporting. We should be encouraging. We should um, ensure to speak kind words so that we can lift the person up out of the issue so that God can use them the way mad women encourage one another. Mad women support one another. Mad women make sure, oh, no, I know you got this issue, but this issue isn't going to become an issue with you. You're going to do the will of God. They tend to make sure that the issue is, doesn't become um, overwhelming to you. That's what a mad woman does because she understands the enemy will use that issue against the woman, and as a result, she won't be able to operate an authority in her territory. Here we go, having the kingdom, kingdom authority. Kingdom authorities need some mad women in the kingdom of God who will be able to go pointing to the situation and tell the situation about your God and then get rid of it, speak to it so it can be removed. But Hannah, Hannah, 1 Samuel 1, Hannah got so up to Nina. Here was a mad woman, a crazy woman. She was ferocious. She was overcome by desire. She was eager. She was enthusiastic. She was abnormally furious. She was enraged. She was provoked by Hannah. She was irritated by Hannah. Here we go, a mad woman. What did she do? She wouldn't even eat. How many of us, I wonder what the world will look like with a whole bunch of mad women who just didn't eat. Man, we'd be in so much shape, but it's not about that. It's about getting to God because she didn't eat and she could not um she um could not stop crying. Panina, thank you. Panina's her name. And she could not stop crying, but she wasn't crying for no reason. I want you to understand when God, when women begin to cry out to God, God hears us. And woo, he answers us when we go to him ferociously. Woo, my God, turning down our plate. I tell you, when I fast and I pray and I cry out to God, I'm telling you, he answers every single one of my prayers. Why does he answer the prayers? Listen to this. She got so mad that we do that she didn't eat, and she cried out to the Lord, and she poured out her soul, verse 15 of 1 Samuel 1. She poured out her soul in verse 15 
Don't miss it. Don't miss it because she changed her speech. This woman is so bad. And I will tell you a personal story. Not having any children and not being able to have children and the only pregnancy I have didn't make it. And so let me tell you something. I I want you to understand going through this process, uh, there's many nights I have cried. I talked to my mother about it, and Lord have mercy. I can't even understand how some women can have children and don't treat those children right, and I struggle with that thing, and I have to go to God and pray. you got all these children, and you can't take care of them, or you don't want to take care of them. And so I understood Hannah, and then I even had somebody say, to me, oh, this was years ago, so hey, I'm over this now, but I want you to understand. And something said to me, well, I don't understand why can't you, you need to go do this and da 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 What? Shut up. First of all, I don't want to hear you. So stop it. Okay. So I got so mad that it became, it became, um, um, what's the word, grievous in, in my, uh, it vexed my soul so much that I began to blame God, not knowing that he was going to give me many children and birth daughters in the kingdom, and I got more God children and more stepchildren children than I need, to be very honest with I love them in such a way and able to, and, um, and able to um, pour into their lives and build them up. And so I could, if I had my own child, I'd just be doing that, and I probably wouldn't be thinking about nobody else. But I can pour into my niece, pour into my nephew, pour into my great nieces and nephews, pour into my little cousins, pour into my godchildren, then they are plenty, and pour into my stepchildren, and pour into um, people as I birth them and I help them to birth out the ministry. And so I, and God knew this. But I understood Hannah because you struggle with that thing and you cry out to God and you ask God why. But in verse 16, and in, in my life, my verse 16, God changed my speech. Y'all not hearing me. God changed my speech. And so as a result of her speech changing, did y'all, did y'all work, read? Let me get to First Samuel. I need y'all to hear this. She said to the priest, Eli, because I was complaining, I can't even I can't even find it quick enough. I was complaining in my complaint and grief. I was talking. I was talking about my problem wrong. I was mad in the wrong in the wrong direction. I had my madness directed at something that I shouldn't be directed at. I was mad at God. I was mad at Panina. I was mad at the issue. I was mad at my husband because he couldn't give me a child. I was mad at myself because I couldn't give him a child. But when I began to bless the Lord, when I began to cry out to the Lord, when I began to turn it over, when he changed my desires, when I changed the way I talked about it, when I changed the way I saw things, and I went after what I needed to go after, I pointed my madness in the right direction. That's when Hannah got the desire of her heart. And, oh, what a desire, because out comes, woo, the great king. Mm. Out comes a blessing from God that she probably didn't even realize who he was going to be. And God blessed her with a man-child. Do you know how, how great it is? to have a man-child in those days, and, and some people still, you know, still feel this way, but it's such a blessing to have a male child. And when she had this male child, let me tell you something. Samuel, that's her son, Samuel was dedicated to the Lord, and she knew, oh, if God's going to do this for me, i got to do this for him. 
and she worshiped the Lord. She gave him his worship. When you're mad, when you're mad, when you're ferocious, when you intend to go after God, when you intend to cast the devil out of your house, when you intend to change your mindset, when you intend to go after the ministry that God puts in you, get you a mad a man if you're listening. Get you a mad woman because a mad woman in Jesus Christ will do more for you and more for your family than some crazy head out there that's looking all cute and everything. I don't care what you say. All them little pretty young things ain't necessarily a mad woman for Jesus. And so a mad woman will do more for you than them things that are out there. And I ain't judging. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I love them. I'm praying for them. I'm just making a point right now. Just making a point. Just making a point. So for the mad women out there, I want you to understand this verse. Deuteronomy um, 7, chapter 9th verse. And we're getting ready to, to sign off here. This verse says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with who love him and keep his commandments. Listen, mad women, it is it, it, it's so important for us to be obedient like Mary and truthful like Mary, to have faith like Ruth, to have faith like Ruth, to be obedient like Ruth, to be a servant to be brave and, and courageous like Esther, to be the first at some things, <laughs> and then persevere. And, and even if you mess up, persevere in faith like Eve, to be faithful and wait on God until the miracle comes like Elizabeth, to be patient like Rachel, to hear God and take courage in God even though you may be abused, set aside, talked about to be a devoted follower, faithful to Jesus Christ, like Mary Magdalene, to be a dedicated servant, but don't miss God, like Martha, to be like Abigail and, and not worry about somebody else, just have enough faith and believe in God and believe in the man of God that God sends. I know some people don't like that, but you've got to believe in the man and woman of God and let God take care of them if something should happen. And then like Hannah, we have to change how we see things and change how we speak in order to, to do the will of God. We have to become so ferocious, so mad, so irritated with the enemy that we begin to pray him out and not pray out people. Oh, I said something there. Pray the enemy out and not pray out people. You want to pray for deliverance for the person, but don't pray them, oh, I don't want them around me. No, no, no. We're servants. I'm telling you, I had to learn this in the, in the last few months. We're servants of the Most High God. We're obedient. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. We are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We can ask what we want and it shall be done. Mad women go after God. Mad women get so irritated with the enemy that you begin to tell the enemy, I know who God is and this is my situation. This is my God. And because he is my God, this is what I can do, and this is what I will say to you. Get out. Hear me today, people. God is a great God. Deuteronomy 7, 9th verse. I want to read this in a different version, New Living Translation. I just read the New King James Version. If you love him and keep it your, his commandments, 
there's some things God will do. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. Mad women, the Lord our God, your God, is indeed God. (laughs) Yes, he is a faithful God who keeps his covenant, did you hear me, Pastor King, for a thousand generations and lavishes in his unfailing love on those who love him and owe commands. Now, I've got some steps I have to take in the next few weeks, and I'm telling you, I intend to obey God no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say, no matter what I'm thinking sometimes, obey God. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we praise you. Oh, my God. You, all the glory belongs to you, and you deserve all of it, Father. We thank you for mad women. We thank you, oh God, that we are against the enemy because we know he's against us. And so we're not playing around with him no more. We understand he has power, but all power is given unto Jesus. And because we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, we have power. We know there's certain authority that the enemy has, but we ain't worried about that. We understand his, his purpose, but we know that we win. Ah! We know that we win. And so, God, we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. All glory and honor, dominion and power is all yours forever and ever. We thank you, oh, God, for mad women. And so I pray, God, that we take these examples. There's so many more women in the Bible. Take these examples, love, of Deborah. Oh, God, thank you. Of Deborah in the Bible, of so many women and the Bible, Father, that we can follow, the virtuous woman, God. We thank you, O Lord, that we are standing up for right in our rightful place. We can be, we can be um, simple, sexy, sophisticated, and all the likes, God, and still be ferocious for you, overcome by desire, hilariously enjoying you, God. We can still, we can still be upset by the enemy, Lord, and redirecting our and channeling our energy into the right situations. Father, thank you, O oh God, for being our great great daddy. Mm-hmm. You're, it's an honor and a privilege to serve you, and so we thank you on this evening, and bless you that we have authority in our territory. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining um, Kingdom Authority tonight. I just have one other thing I just want to make sure and um, say to you tonight, you have to join next week. We have the wonderful um, Elder Kate that's going to be on next week, Kate Cook, and it's Cooking with Kate. Don't forget to join in. Call in 646-668-2413, 646-668-2413. I didn't have many um, callers calling in on tonight. Maybe y'all didn't want to talk to me. But next week, join in with us. Watch the Facebook post as we, and, and, and some of the Instagram posts as we get ready to shift this thing. Some new things are coming up. I keep getting you ready, but I need you to be ready when the shift happens. Things are opening up. And be ready. Get your wallets out. Get your checkbooks and debit cards. Don't go into debt, though, because there will be opportunities for you, you, and you. And God is here. Um, God is here on this uh, on this particular broadcast to help us operate in kingdom authority. Here's the last thing. When she's mad, even the demons run for cover. <laughs> 
when she's mad, talking about this mad woman, even the demons run for cover. I am your host, Reverend Dancy Jones-Morris. I do thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. Please join us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. You can also um, check me out on Facebook, Dancy Jones-Morris, on my, my page or my personal page, Dancy Morris, and look for updates. Um, coming up soon, some other conferences, so I want you to be there um, and, and the book release. Just be there. God bless you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.